Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We are grateful, Father Lord, we want to say thank you for what you've done, for where you are bringing us to. Lord, we want to say thank you in all that is you have done in our life. Thank you for your grace, thank you for your love. The song says you have done so much for us and we bless your name. We want to say thank you. Father, we say let your name be glorified. In Jesus' most precious name we are praying. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We've been talking a lot around, around the gospel. We spoke last week that a gospel you can have, and we, 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 we did uh, we did understand that it can be a loaded goal, and yet we can have a city's horn, and at times not even shoot it at all, then it doesn't have an impact. And as we begin to look at the gospel, I want to draw your attention even closer to what the devil is, what the Bible, you know, even the Bible shows as one of the things that the devil uses, especially when it comes to the gospel. And how you begin to see that he uses that to kind of, kind of reduce the impact, as it were, of the gospel. I'll start from Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, um, For Romans chapter 1, the Bible says that he said, this is Paul talking. He said, That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone that believes both to the Jews and to the Gentiles. For for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith, from faith, from, from first to the last, just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. So that means that it says, this right, the, the gospel presents the righteousness of God. And when people begin to believe in it, they will be able to live a life that is righteous. He said, because the wrath of God, from us, he said, because the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Bible says that. Since we since since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God had made it plain to them. Now the Bible, another person will say that God has made his hand obvious from creation. What, what does the Bible say about what does the Bible say when they oppress, suppress truth? They can they, they, they know the truth. What I'm trying to say is that you know that even your conscience. Is saying mm, this, but 
as human beings become bolder, they begin to suppress the truth. They begin to suppress the truth. He says, he says, he says, and the Bible talks about that the righteousness of God is revealed. But it's interesting that Paul used a language that said, I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. So it seemed to appear like no matter how powerful the gospel is, one thing the devil tries to use is shame. To begin to feel like to believe in the gospel means that I am, you know, or to talk about the gospel. You know, and we, we went we went to a submission this last week when we're talking about you know the, the, the ungodliness of people is revealed on a daily basis. And as you suppress it, you begin to see how far you're away from God. But the cross, the gospel is what bridges that gap. He said the righteousness of God is revealed. But when you believe in Calvary, you have that gap is covered. But what we are trying to point out is that, and, and you will begin to see this theme as we talk about confidence in, in the gospel. You will see again in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 to 8, he says, we're talking to Timothy, he said, he said, God has not, this, for the spirit God gave us, does, is, is, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. He said, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather join in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God. So what he's saying again is that, Timothy, see, don't, you have a spirit inside of you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Because, see, every, as we begin to understand these things, you discover that there are so many things that you are, you know, you can be talking about everything, you know, you can, you can talk to somebody about, about good things, you know, you can talk about politics, you can talk, but when it comes to, you want to talk about the gospel, naturally, I don't know if that's ever happened to anyone, naturally, what first of all comes to your mind is a sense of shame. And what does that do, you know? It makes you want to embellish what you're about to see. But one thing I want us to know is that at the center, see, the gospel is, the gospel is, see, no matter how much we, 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 we look at Jesus, the Bible says that the, um, the Bible, see, even when Jesus was, whatever, see, there is no way you can, there's nothing about Jesus that in his life that you want to point to. But Jesus is only interested in you understanding one thing about his life. You will, even when the question is authority, you will see in John chapter 2, verse 18 to 22, the Bible says, Then the Jews responded to him, saying, what sign can you show us to prove you have all this authority? Jesus answered them. He said, destroy this temple and I'll raise it in three days. 
They replied and said that it took us for six years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in, in, in three days. But the temple is spoken about that he had spoken about what is was his body. After he was raised from the dead, the disciples recalled what he had said. What am I trying to say? Even Jesus, when people wanted to get involved in uh, you know um, um, uh, um, deep theology or things Jesus was saying, see, what you need to know, what matters most is the gospel. That is my death and my resurrection. How does that impact you? That's all you need to know. You will see, even as we even read further, when Jesus was, was going to talk to Timothy, uh, Paul, sorry, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, Peter. When Peter saw the mighty revelation, when uh, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, read from verse 15, he says, but who, but, but uh, what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, um, Simon, son of Jonah, for, for this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father who is in heaven. Now, please look at, it says, in verse 18, it said, I tell you, you are Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and nothing, and the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. And I said, I have given you keys of the kingdom of God, of heaven whatsoever you bind on heaven is bound on in, in, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven whatever you lose on earth is lose in, in, in heaven is lose in heaven you would think that after jesus had given him those keys he would say peter you are you are you are sorted you cannot overcome everything but you would see again and I'll begin to explain to you why, why Jesus began to point them back. The Bible, verse 20 says, Then he ordered them, disciples, not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. But verse 21 says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to them. After he gave them power, he said, That power will mean nothing except you understand what is about to happen. And please note that the Bible did not say Jesus just told them. That is, Jesus began to explain to them. Because you can understand the gospel. But you, so you can have heard about the gospel, but not understand how we affect your life. So the Bible says he began to talk to them. They said that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer the things in the hands of the elders and the chief priests, and that he must be killed and be raised from the top. Immediately, who appeared? The devil appeared again to ensure. See, the devil, did, you will not read any part in the scriptures where the Bible says that Jesus told Peter, get it behind him. But when he came again to the issue of the cross, the Bible says, in verse, in verse 22, he said, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebook him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall not happen. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have a matter of concerns. concerns but what I'm actually to point out is that immediately, it's interesting that 
Peter denied Jesus. Jesus did not say, get the behind me. So that was still Peter and his misbehavior. But when he came to the issue of the gospel, immediately what happened? The devil arose. This one cannot happen. Because, see, if, as we begin to, let's go to slides down, please. Two slides down. Next one. See, these things, prayer, fasting, giving, good morals, sin, hell, heaven, repentance, prosperity, good marriage, baptism, Every of these things, every other religion produces. So if this is all you understand and you you are not you've not yet understood the gospel. Does this make sense to us? So you can be praying and fasting and seeing deep revelation. That does not mean. In fact, you'll be getting victory. The devil will say, okay, yeah, no. Because you have not touched the main one. And you will begin to see how, can you imagine, in a service, if you say that we're just going to talk about the crucifix of Jesus, the gospel. What do you people say? I have issue in my life. Prayer, please. Prayer, prayer. When we begin to understand what the gospel is, please, I'm going to just make some statements and I want everyone, those online, please, I know, just try to follow me and God help us as we all get understanding. So, prayer and fasting is not the gospel. It does not mean Jesus did not talk about prayer and fasting. Giving, being a good person, it doesn't, it is not the gospel. I will also make a statement and say, repenting is not the gospel. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. Let's just have a look at something. Let's go, please. Matthew 1, verse 15. Up. Saying and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. You can change your mind about a habit or a character or you can repent, but until you believe in the gospel, you have only repented. The gospel has not been preached to you. You are saying to people, you are going to go to hell. You are going to go to hell. If you don't stop, you are going to go to hell. You are going to go to hell. Have I preached the gospel? No. If you don't stop this now, it is hell. 
Somebody told them the implication of rejecting the gospel. I have not told them what the gospel is. So you can see how the devil uses all sorts of... Because what he's trying to do is to make sure that, you know, any, that is why you can see any, you know, anybody, any kind of religion will preach repentance. Stop doing this. This is wrong. We say, oh, yes, okay. But that person has not believed in the gospel. Yes, you need to repent. But, and believe in the gospel. Because the power to overcome is actually in believing the gospel. Does this make sense to us? We would read again. Now, Jesus again talking, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus said, from the time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God is near you. Did he say near the kingdom of God? <laughs> so he said, prepare your mind. Stop this. There is something coming. But at times, people think once you preach repentance, they are Could that be the reason why you have people still coming back saying, ah, I repent last year? Because the gospel was not preached. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. One of the things that makes the gospel seem is because. People say, you know, is that all? That's one of the things that cause shame. And you begin to see, as Paul begins to talk more, closer about this thing. And let's go to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians. It says, 1 Corinthians about 1, 13 to 17. It says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God I did not baptize any of you except Christus and Galileus. So no one of you can say you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus or whatever that is. And, and, the, and beyond that, I don't, I don't, and beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. Please, now notice what he's saying. For Christ did not send me to baptize. So what was he doing? He said, but to preach the gospel. So Paul is saying, see, baptism is not the issue. God has sent me to preach healing to nations. That is not calling. You, ex until the gospel is preached, 
Whatever you are doing is like an invitation for an opportunity. So wherever God is sending me to, opening doors, people and lives are touched, is just an invitation. The main focus, as I was saying, God did not, did Jesus not say to his disciples, go and baptize me. So why is Paul that saying? Paul is saying, saying, that is not the issue here. He said, but to preach the gospel. Now, he said, not with wisdom or eloquence. List the power, the, the cross, the, list the, the cross of Christ behind of his power. You will begin to understand why. See, when you are ashamed of something, what do you think you start to do? When you are ashamed to talk about something, you you try to hide it up a bit so that it looks it looks you know <laughs> it, it, it looks uh, you know you or you can if you want to say something that you feel you feel a bit it's a bit awkward. What do you do? You you can. You, I, I, okay, let me put it this way. At times, God help us. At times, you know, you are in a meeting. You don't have. I, there was a time I wanted to do a presentation. I did. I didn't do. I, I was still struggling with a little bit of it. So what did I do? I did a wonderful presentation. <laughs> <laughs> that that was like, wow. Oh, see how that presentation was. I know that. So they were so carried away by the quality of the slides, how the thing looked like, that they did not ask the original question. <laughs> so at times, when the gospel, when we feel intimidated, we use every other thing. I'm not against, sorry, I'm not against, you know, let, you can't speak in tongues till tomorrow. Let them feel the vibe. So that by the time you just throw the gospel in, they will not say that I know it. So, okay, we came here, all, 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 we spent all the day of our lives to come and hear this. Can we not hear that Jesus died for us? So that's what Paul was saying when he said, I will not use eloquence. I will not use wise words. Because, and I'm trying not to, because people read this now and say, oh, Paul is talking about who you speak. No. At times, rather than preach the gospel, you want to Sing powerful worship to gather people in, get them, you know, because of, and you will see why Paul was talking about this. List the power of God. We, we would come to that. Let's go on, please. He said, For the Jews, this is why he was talking about, for the Jews and the Greek, for the Jews demand for signs and the Greek demand for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and a foolishness to, to the Gentiles. For but for those who, who for but to those who whom God has called, both to the Jews and the Greek, the power in Christ is the power of God. And okay, let's go to the. Uh, we'll read verse seventeen from the message. Just want to bring it a bit life to you so you can see. God did not send me to out to collect follow to collect a following for myself, but to preach the message of what He has done. Collecting a following for myself 
and not and he, has, he did not send me because then when you baptize because I, I, I received the baptism of John the Baptist I said, that's what that's what the Bible was talking about so he said and he did not send me to do um, to, to do it with a lot of fancy rhetoric of my own least the powerful action at the center. Christ on the cross is, triva is um, trivialized by mere words. That's what I'm trying to say is that, you know, and the picture that keeps coming to my mind is that presentation that I did. I knew there was no content. So I needed to make it look. And when you look at it now, so this is why Paul was talking about that we are, I'm not using fanciful words because people are demanding that. And you will see where we fall. There, everybody falls in one category or another. Let's go on to verse 20. He says, while the Jews clamor for miraculous demonstrations. Paul did heal him. But Paul was saying, no. What is miraculous? God, God is saying this about you. Oh, yeah. Get up. Get up in the name of Jesus. You pray for them. You speak in tongues for three hours. None of them is saved. They have, they have gotten answer to their prayers. But nothing has happened. So Paul is saying that he says, he says, and the Greek go on for philosophical wisdom. We go, we, we go to, we, but sorry, we go right on to proclaim Christ, the crucified. Please notice that he kept using the word, not Jesus. He's not preaching Jesus generally. He's preaching a particular aspect of Christ. That's why when Jesus will keep talking, keep, Jesus will keep pointing us to Christ. There are some bodies of Christ now, movement, massive Western movement, that do not preach the gospel, do not preach the crucifix, yes. because they believe that it is, it is um, I've forgotten the name they call it, but basically it's like, like um, child slaughter and slaughter, because what you're saying is that blood is too and when you don't understand that is why we now have people who are born again but because the cross was never introduced to them so this was what Paul was, Paul was saying he says that he says that the Christ crucified the truth the Jews treat this like anti-miracle have you heard that okay who went in trust in that house? God did not move in that service. He said, he said, and the Greeks pass it up as absorbed. But to us, who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greek, Christ is God's ultimate miracle. That means that the greatest miracle 
that would ever happen is when the gospel is presented. So that means that if, so that means when he says ultimate, that means they are minor miracles. He said, and the wisdom of God wrapped pop into one. Christ is God's ultimate miracle. And that is where at times, you know, the, your confidence begins to sleep in the gospel. Because it is not, it is anti-miracle. It has no power. The way they are talking about it is like, you know, okay, what's that all about? But what they don't know is that, and this is what Jesus was saying when the Bible says that God, when they were pretty, God was confirming that with signs and wonders. You will never read anywhere in scriptures where the apostles preach healing. You will never see them do a sermon on spiritual manifestation. They only preach Christ crucified. And as they preach Christ crucified, God confirms it. There is one of the men that did most miracles in the New Testament that is recorded. It's Paul. But Paul is saying, so people are not calling Paul's service anti-miracle. <laughs> this is how it works. Paul was preaching. The Bible says Paul was preaching at the time. A boy was sleeping. While he was preaching. You know, and you need to understand how Paul used to preach in those days. Oh, no. Paul preaches the whole day. He doesn't preach hours, he preaches the whole day. So the boy was sleeping and he was sleeping on sitting on the fence on the balcony. Then he now fell and died. And Paul was preaching. The Bible says Paul, Bible says that Paul preached, went to pray for him. Paul was still preaching. Paul got there. Paul read, he pulled him up and the boy woke up. And he continued something. Because when the gospel is at the center, there are certain things that will just happen for him. I don't know if you've noticed. And we bless God for that. We are not there yet. People talking that. We didn't, we didn't raise a particular prayer in the church. But this is what God did. This is what God did. Because, see, if you focus on what the devil keeps, is what he wants to do to you, for you to be ashamed of it. Ah, people say, ah, what I, what, what, what. See, there are other things to spend your life on. The gospel is just. And you would see that when Paul will keep saying the, the gospel is the power of God, that is where the power is released. So you begin to see when you go to Acts chapter 4. Let's go on, please. Acts chapter 4. Now, the, they, they beat the disciples after they were beaten. The Bible says you would think that when they come to the place, they will call and go and come and cut off their head. 
The Bible says, now the Lord, now Lord consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with boldness. Why? Because what they are trying to push us to is a position of shame. He now said, stretch forth your hand. When we preach, stretch forth your hand and perform um, and, and set forth your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your Holy, of, of your Holy, um, Holy Sabbath, Jesus. After their praise, the place began to shake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. Let's go on read. Verse 33. He says, the Bible says, with great power, so after the anointing came upon them, the Bible did not say that the anointing was there so that they could heal the sick. To testify, they continued to testify, but healing was happening. One of my girls would say that, you know, there was a lady, they were preaching with God, they were preaching in church, and the gospel was, see, you may find the beats, you know, I can't, you know, this woman had had um, a particular disease for years. She was, I think she was, she was basically, she couldn't control her blood for about 15 or whatever years. And within the service, she got healed instantly. But in the midst of delivering the gospel, that woman shouted and she was running forward. Then the usher said, what is wrong, man? Said, ah, my body is dry. I have never felt like this in, in over 15 years. And he said, ah, we thank God for you, man. What's it now? The gospel. When people went to heal the sick, cast that demon, what did you say to them? Do not only rejoice there, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Why? What is saying? The gospel is still the center of it. But when we now make job, on the minor. And you will see it all when you read Acts chapter 1, verse um, Acts chapter 1 also. The Bible says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. <laughs> you know, when, when people are saying, You know, what, what, how does that is a powerful service? The power of God descended heaven. So, what happened? <laughs> Nobody was one to fast. Because when you ask somebody, what is power? The power to stand here and step forth my hand and you fall to the other side. That is power. But that's not what the spirit was Jesus. Did you notice that the Bible says, Jesus said, wait, or you shall receive power. And jesting on the day of Pentecost, there was no recorded miracle. But what happened? Salvation of souls. I am not saved. You see the apostles, miracles began to happen regularly. But as long as the gospel was at the center, all I'm trying to point you hard to do today, I will put this together, is that to understand 
that the gospel is the powerful tool that we have. Once we remove that away, or once we can play that down slightly, or once I don't live my life by the strength of the gospel, you will keep going round and round. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Let's go on, please. You know, and this is what Paul was saying. I love this scripture. And this is where we brought our topic from. I have complete confidence in the gospel. I have complete confidence in it. The question is, do you have that complete confidence in the gospel? John chapter 1, as we just, you know, this was a man. I'm just going to just try to explain a couple of things here. This man was uh, Nicodemus. And so when you go for um, so John chapter 3, sorry, so you should John chapter 3, not John chapter 1. John chapter 3. Uh, sorry, I should have checked it. Okay, it's John chapter 3. But basically, you have Nicodemus. And when Nicodemus came to Jesus, and Nicodemus said that these great things that you're doing, you go from verse 3. He said, This great thing that you're doing, it can only be done from a man that comes from God. And Jesus replied and saying, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Please note that the person Jesus was speaking to was a Pharisee. Those who were righteous. And Jesus was saying, except you are born again, there will be some things that you will not be able to enter. I will use the illustration of a baby. And this is how the best you can come close. Except you are born again. When a child is in the womb, before the child is born, do you know the child can hear? The child will be able to sense a couple of things. But one thing the child cannot see is the actual issues going on. You can be within the, the, the environment of church or, the, or God, and you can sense a couple of things, but you will not be able to see it. And that's why Jesus said, except you are born. You can hear what I'm saying, but you will not, you only have imagination of how these things work. But you will not be able to pinpoint where it's coming from. And, you know, and this is where it's interesting that and Jesus began, thank you, Jesus began, he says, he says, um, we go to verse 3, he said, very, very, I say unto you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 
And normally, what do we do when we get to this point? We say to people, you know, you need to be born again. We said, okay, how do I need to be born again? Let's stand up and let us pray. But that is why challenges are coming. Let's read them, please. I will show you what I mean. Let's go on, please. Um, he says, he said, uh, now Jesus began to say to him, and um, Jesus answered, very, very, I say unto you, uh, you as I said, I tell you, no one will enter the kingdom of God except is born of water and of spirit. For what is of born of flesh is flesh. So what he's saying is that it's not, it's not even about trying to amend your ways. It's about you do the way you are born. It's wrong. I don't think what I'm trying to say. It, I will, it will get to, I'll, I'll use an instruction. He said, he said, he said, but what is born of the spirit is spirit. He said, you shall not be, uh, uh, you should not be surprised by my saying. Let's go on, please. Let's just quickly because of our time. Now, this is where I'm coming, uh, verse 9. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. And Jesus said, you are the you are the you you are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you do not understand these things. Let's go, because I'm just trying to skip that scripture just to point out a couple of things to us. He says, um, he said, he's still trying to explain, he's trying to lay a foundation of something. Let's go on to verse 14, please. And Jesus now said. After he asked me, Jesus said, you don't even understand these things. You know, I'm explaining this to you. That's what Jesus has been saying. I've been trying to explain to you. Jesus now said, okay, this is how you understand it. This is how it will become. He said, just as Moses, again, what was Jesus doing? Pointing in to cover. What we do at times is that somebody may say, I want to be born again. And you don't take them to understand what happened on Calvary? That's why when Jesus spoke born again, he didn't end it today. He said, just as Moses took up the snake in the wilderness, so will the Son of Man be lifted up, and everyone who believes may have eternal life. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So, what happened on the days of Moses? It's interesting that it says, those who look and believe. Those who look and believe. Can I go to the next um, slide? Now, there is this priest. There is this priest that had, um, that died in a very, very long time, in uh, 1793, so it's been a long time. 
it was a it was a vicar. Sorry, it was a vicar around somewhere around Everton, those areas. But there was this thing written on his gravestone, and I just want to read it to you. Let's go with this. I, 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 I copied it and pasted it in a better way. Here is the earthly remains of John Bridget, the late vicar of Everton. And a lit, a, an itinerant servant of Christ Jesus, who loved his master and walked after running on Herod for many years. And to and for after running Herod for many years was called up to wait on him. It was called up to wait on him. Above um, uh, him, to wait on him. Above reader, art thou born again? Now this is what he wrote on it. This is what he told him to write on this. Please just, yeah, art thou born again? No salvation without a new birth. Now, this is where it becomes more interesting. Let's go on this. Is that all? I was born in sin, February 1716. I remained ignorant of my calling state until 1730. I lived proudly on faith and works for salvation until 1754. Admitted to everything victory, 1755. Fled to Jesus alone for refuge, 1756. <laughs> Fell asleep in Christ, January 22nd, 1793. Please note the pattern of his life. He said, no, I was proudly a Christian. In fact, I became a vicar. But I did not understand the gospel until 1756. And that is the challenge at times. Is that we cannot, we can be part of a lot of things. Be even being a pastor and yet not understand the gospel. I'll give you an illustration as I just you know, I'll give you an example and illustration. There was one of my one of my um, orgas he went to so in, in, in the area he was living, there was this couple who were Christians. But they fight a lot. So there was this day, he was hearing them fighting, beating each other, and things like that. So he went to go and try to resolve the issue. So when he got there, while he was trying to 
pull the husband, tell the wife to please sit down. He was trying to make peace, as the Bible says. And he was trying to make peace between these two Christians who were fighting husband and wife. So I think some the, the wife was, it was, it was, I don't know how it happened, but he was pushing the husband and the husband was trying to poke the, high, the, the wife in the eyes or push her in the head or things like that. So while he was trying to pull the husband, of course he was doing like this and trying to pull the husband from the back, kind of, I believe. So as he pushed the hand, the wife was actually waiting for the man to put her hand, his hand out again and he would grab it, she would grab it and bite it. <laughs> so it was his own hand that pushed out <laughs> and the wife grabbed it and chewed it. Oh, yeah, pa. <laughs> so his hand got swollen. The child, everybody went to go and sleep in different rooms. So he went back home and said, God, ah, the suffering of a Christian. Say, I was trying to, 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 to see what has happened to me. He said, God said, if you break your head, nothing will happen. He said, eh? Yeah. said, next time you will break your head. Because you are not attending to the issue that is at stake. God, but the Bible says that um, I should be, because hey, go and give you, keep, keep her again. See, you will not die when you break your head. And you come back here, you come back with me. He doesn't go, what is it? And God said, no, he said, you need to present the gospel to them. So that morning, he went, he woke up early, and so he woke up and he went to, he, he, uh, as he just knocked on the door, it was the wife that opened the door. So the wife, so the wife said, ah, how are you, ma? He said, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. He said, um, so I waited, ah, that's the first man, he slept. He said, ah, okay. He now, now sat down. And they began to talk. And she was, he was saying, and you know, hmm, I can see that your heart is very heavy. You are hungry. And you, at times you cannot control yourself. She said, yes. She said, that man, really, he triggers me on. That man, he did it. And things like that. And she began, he began to say by saying, you know, every one of us is like that. The Bible calls something the heart of stone. Our heart is, is very hard. But you know, no matter how much we, I know, you know, we want to change it. He said, yes, I'm working on myself. And he said, yes, I appreciate that. But the Bible says that, see, the only thing God can do is to take away the heart of stone and put the heart of flesh. He did not say, I will, I will help it out. God cannot help it. That heart is not helping you. We need to take that heart out. He said, how is that possible? See, that is where Jesus came to. The Bible says, if a man is in Christ. So when Jesus died on the cross, 
you know that your heart cannot be helped because of your sin nature. So when he came to cross, you know that that is the only solution we have because you really need a new heart. You mother, yes, I need a new heart. I don't like the way I, I, I get said, Yes, that is what I am saying. There is no other way out here except you come to the cross. So that is what the Bible is saying, that when Jesus died, he died for you. He did not only take your sin, but he stood in your place so that you can truly have this heart that you desire. And he began to live there. See, one of the problems is that we do not understand when Jesus said something in the Bible. Jesus said, all scriptures point to me. There is no part of scripture that you read that does not lead to Jesus. And as he began to share it with her, I need a new heart. What did he do? He brought her to the cross. And they knelt down together and prayed. Two days later, the husband had to come and meet him and say, What did you do to my wife? This, these are changed. You know, he said, ah. he said, maybe you should start marriage canceling because it seems like you have a way of talking to all the wives now and their life will change. If only you can be our pastor in our church, maybe, maybe all this problem we're having with women, they will disappear. I said, no, the problem was not, it was the heart that needed to change. That was how the man also he sat him down and explained the gospel to Until the gospel is explained, where you see that it is not that by his stripes that I am healed and still be dealing with hunger issues and say that one is different. You have not seen cover. If truly that by his stripes I am healed, then by that same strength of cover, I can walk out of my challenges. Why? Because he came to the cross and died for me. What I'm trying to do, explain to you, is how powerful the gospel is that you can see a man that is Ardent criminal, and the gospel be presented, and you would see an automatic change because that is what Paul was talking about. See, the problem is that we have added a couple of things to the gospel because we are already been ashamed, thinking only the gospel cannot solve this one. This man is too bad that the gospel cannot solve. Whereas the gospel can, that's why the Bible says it is the power of God to save everyone. That is a scripture read on. It says, and this is where I want us, this is where I hope that the church, the body of Christ, we, as your best, will come into. It says, 
He says, uh, this is another one where the woman talks about, you keep saying Paul talking about it. I, am not, I, I don't want to talk with eloquence. I don't want to buff, you know, to, to package it. He said, and verse 2 is what I was pointing out, I want to point out. For I have resolved. See, you'll be tempted to introduce something else to pass the gospel. They would say, you know, okay, thank you for preaching gospel. We now need power session. But we have to do power session. You now begin to, oh God. You have to help us in Jesus' name. You know, I've been to a prison by, you know, someone like, I think people begin to, you know, people begin to go in trance. I mean, you know, what's going on here? Oh, God. You know, and that is, that is how you know that someone has power. Because when they can walk in, and you're sitting there, so he, I go in trance. And I just saw him, he was, he was, and what happened afterwards? Nothing. No. Everybody goes back to where they were. Yeah, no. Same old, same old. And Paul, Paul, for Paul to say, I, am, I have resolved, what is he saying that I have made up my mind, no matter how, how, how this thing looks like, are you saying that this is the only thing that can make you walk out of this challenge, or can, that Jesus died for you, and you are believing in it, you are saying, see, Jesus, I cannot help myself, but Jesus came on the cross and he died for me. As a result of that, I have resolved to believe in that matter. It takes violent resolution times. You are not saying, as a pastor, that is not salary. <laughs> Where people will be looking at you as. It's only gospel. It's only Bible that it is. As this brother was saying, we are not talking about Bible here. We are talking about Bible here. We are talking. We want to talk about spiritual things. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. At there was a time that God had to speak to somebody who did not even know the church, and I'm not talking about here, please. Hello. Where God was saying to me, hey. Because I was saying, God, if I can speak in tongues and things will change. You don't think so? <laughs> if I can say that, you heard the pastor. See, let me be honest with you. There are places I will be. People say, oh, yes, that guy is now, he's now on point. He's on point. He's on point. <laughs> but because it's only Bible that he preaches. <laughs> so you know, I've seen all those kind of intimidations outside. You know, you just say, you know, we're not talking about here. I talk spiritual things. I was say, ah, the way they are going in that church, they will all be poor. Who's poor? <laughs> Somebody has told me, somebody came to me and said something to me, and he said, you will never be respected the way you are doing all these things. He said, what is your name, Brother Byron? He said, even if they are calling you pastor, 
you, you cannot be being pastor. You should have, you should, you should, you should have a touch that when people see it displayed, they will know that power has entered. I think that's what Thank you. You spoke more. I am saying this with you. You have to get to a point in your life where you are resolved to say that I will know nothing except Christ. I'm not just Christ, the crucified one. I may be whatever it is that I'm strong, whatever it is that is, you know, somebody said that the devil has 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 cost you from heaven. The Bible says, I see, when Christ died on the cross, he said the cost was my cost was nailed on the cross. Somebody said, when somebody cost me, I, when somebody said, one of my guys was saying, they said when he goes somewhere and somebody was costing him, and raining curses on him, he knelt down and he stretched forth his hand and said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Are you crazy? Say so if you understand the Calvary, Calvary, what your cause is transferred to a blessing. I don't need to, you know. You know they are causing who, who? I died. If you take my name somewhere now, you know. <laughs> that is why when I'll give you a practical example in the Bible, that's why when Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul said, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting Peter? Because Peter died long time ago. It is Jesus that is living in Peter. So when they were calling Peter, Peter, Jesus appeared. They said, yes, can I help you? What do you mean, can I help you? Are you Peter? No, Peter died. And that is where the cross, the, the power of Calvary becomes a reality. But you cannot have the power of Calvary working in the side of your life and not allowing it to work in other parts. That's what I'm talking about. God help us all in Jesus' name. And we would handle this, we would, we would, we would um, handle it this way. And that's scripture again. I have complete confidence in it is the power of God to save all those who believe. First to the Jews and also to the Gentiles. I have complete confidence in this. There's a song that says, I have confidence in you. Jesus, I have confidence in you. Please God in any way. 
by Calvary. You may think that you are the best person on earth, but you are a sinner before God. That human nature that you are still struggling with, it has to come to Calvary. Nicodemus asked Jesus, how can these things be possible? Jesus said, until you look to Calvary. And as we rise up and bring this word to one side, I want you to begin to look to Calvary. I used to say to people, I said, if you believe that Bayer has a good life, is a good boy, all through his life, that may sound good, and that may be true by human standards, but what you are saying in effect is that Christ did not die for me. Because if I was good enough, then Christ did not need to come. So what I'm saying is that even the best person needs Calvary to be able to live a righteous life. Amen. So we'll sing the hymn. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.